Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are very welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. What a show we have for you today. A fantastic guest, the hilarious comedian, Julie J is expecting and she's about to drop a brand new baby into this world and I'm excited to talk to her, not to mention to chat to all you guys and get the emails, updates from Griselda's Adventures but some positive Tinder stories as well. You are very welcome back to Hello Steve-O Podcast. Let's do this. Hello steve change of and you are very welcome back to Hello Steve-O podcast, episode number, I can't remember at the time of recording, but it's for Tuesday, the 4th of August, 2020. I did make some comments there on uh, the, either the last episode or the episode before about drunk people and drunk people annoying me. And I got a, I got a few messages back of people apologizing to me um, for things that they may have texted or whatever and blah. I think I need to make myself clear. I think I was like, maybe I sounded a bit too harsh than I actually meant, but I, I've nothing against anybody being drunk or anything like that. That's, you know, your own thing. But then I realized that maybe I didn't express it correctly. I suppose what it is, it goes back to the old, the, I mean, it's, it's an old Irish thing, really. It's like just being able to handle your drink, isn't it? If you're drunk, right, that's grand. Grand being drunk, but don't be fucking annoying anyone else with it. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't make you a bad person. It, it, it's not that I don't like you. It's, not, it's just that I don't like the drunkenness sometimes, you know? Do you know the way some people are drunk and then they're like, let's talk about, let's talk about Fianna Fáil versus Fine Gael. Would you fuck off? You know, people, I, it is a funny thing that for some reason, for some reason, when it gets, when people get super drunk, they want to have serious and emotional conversations. <laughs> Do you know why I really like you? No, no, no. I'm going to say this now. I really like you. <laughs> but anyway, it is a, it is an old thing. It's like you just, one being able to handle their drink is, is a good, just know when you're drunk and just kind of, you know, peel off away to a corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. That's all right. I mean, I'm th- it doesn't take a lot to get me drunk, uh, to be honest. Yeah, some of you might have uh, listened to the Football Pony Eight, um, and I know I promised I wasn't going to be doing any more Football Pony, and I had to in the end because I didn't r- think that Arsenal were going to win a bloody trophy. So I did do Football Pony, and I had one beer. That's where my life is at now. I had one beer, and I was feeling it. As soon as we started recording the podcast, I was like, "Oh Jesus, I gotta, I gotta use my thoughts here. I'm not that." Um, I'm not that I'm not that on the ball at the moment. It's hilarious. One beer and I'm feeling a bit I don't know is that drunk I suppose. I'm definitely tipsy, but tipsy is drunk, isn't it? Once the alcohol is influencing you, that means you're drunk. Am I right or am I wrong, ladies and gentlemen? Loads of emails about uh, Griselda's adventures the last couple of weeks. No Jenna this week, unfortunately, because she is on her holidays. I've actually texted her a couple of times and I've not heard back. So either she's having a great time with her lover or she is just she, she has the phone off. She probably does. She has her Nokia turned off, I'd say. So, um, but Jenna will be back next week. Uh, she's on her holidays this week. If you are new to the podcast, maybe you've come from the internet, you just come across the podcast, or maybe you're in Birmingham this week. Apparently, there's been loads of people listening in Birmingham this week. Why, I don't know. I don't know what the connection is, but if you are in Birmingham, do get in touch. Email the show, podcast at gmail.com. Um, but you're very welcome if you're a new listener to the show. Maybe you're coming from the Waspville House. The Waffle House that I do with Des Bishop and Joanne McNally. 
and um, we're having great crack on there at the moment. So if you're a new listener to Hello Steve podcast, you are very welcome. You will this is a show that covers all sorts of, you know, social commentary and life stories and in the last couple of weeks we have had the adventures of Griselda who is a listen, listener to the show. If you want to catch up on the story of what was happening with Griselda, you can listen to the previous two episodes. But Griselda was uh, somebody who went on an experimental dating experiment, I suppose, where she went on 10 dates because her brother-in-law had the theory that in 10 dates, you're surely going to find the one. So she wrote a whole report on the thing. And myself and Jenna broke the whole thing down. And uh, some hilarious stories. But Donald was in touch during the week as well to say that, geez, poor Griselda, she's meeting all the weirdos out there. It does seem to be that way, all right. And it does seem to be that the way on on the social media dating apps that you do get these crazy, crazy stories. However, I got a message in from another listener that wanted to convey that it's not always negative experiences on the dating apps. And this let this email that came in, the title of it was called My First Tinder Date, which must ruin it. If you have a good experience on your first Tinder date, it's definitely only downhill from there. Or maybe not, maybe not. I was at a wedding a couple of years ago in London. Two friends of mine. And um, I didn't realize until the wedding day that how they'd actually originally met was on Tinder. So you never know, Griselda. You never know. But one of the listeners was in touch. Una was in touch to tell us this positive story. She says, hey, the title is my first Tinder date. She says, hey, hope you and your girls are doing good after the testing. That's right. Thank you for reminding me, Una. Um, For everybody who was listening out there and was asking questions about the tests and all that, I didn't say anything on social media. I did say it on the podcast, but we got the all clear in this house. There is no COVID-19 here whatsoever. My 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 Latina girls basically went to the, an Irish beach and were just running around in the cold. No no wonder they got a cold. But um, uh, but obviously you have to be careful. So they had to get the COVID nineteen test. My my two year old had to get it done. I actually don't want to even want to bring it up because I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It's the worst scream I've ever heard in my life. It's I don't know if anyone out there has got the COVID test, but they put this swab up your nose that tickles your brain and fucking hell, she screamed. I hated it because in order for the paramedic to be able to do it or the doctor to be able to do it, I have to hold my daughter so she can't move. Oh, the f- you just it's horrible. I hate I hate her being in pain and especially when you have to hold her. Oh, it's, uh. Anyway, Thank you for asking, Una. We're all good. We're all healthy. Everyone's fine. But she says in the email, hope you and the girls are doing well. Just listen to the pod. It was a pleasure, as always. I noticed that most of the online dating stories were unsuccessful or maybe not in the best light. So I thought I would share a good one with you. This isn't happy ever after, but I will always remember the experience. In summer of 2014... I had just gotten over a bit of a broken heart and decided to download Tinder. Now, now that you say that, summer 2014, I think I probably had the app around then. Um, I had just, I'd done a little bit of Tinder. I think I moved to London in April of 2014 and done a bit of Tinder in Ireland, in Dublin. And it was bloody mayhem. Too much, too much. It was mayhem. It was like, how how would you say it without being politically correct? I don't know. Let's just say the dates, um, it's just, is it a fucking app? Is that is that what it is, guys? It just must be a fucking app. Anyway, sorry, back to this. So she was on it, Una was on it in summer of 2014, and she was getting over a bit of a heartbreak, and so she got Tinder. At the time, I had just switched to a smartphone. Jesus, Una, fucking hell, you're very cool. <laughs> but it was a Microsoft phone that did not support lots of apps tinder included so i actually downloaded timber (laughs) which enabled which enabled tinder but was full of glitches there's an actual fake app called timber that enables tinder on microsoft what i don't even know microsoft did phones anyway um one of which was whoever i swiped on on my oh sorry she said tin timber enabled tinder but was full of glitches one of the glitches was whoever i swiped right on automatically matched with me win-win well that's cool 
Anyway, so I matched with this guy called, I have to give him a fake name, and I haven't been able to have the time to think up of something. Um, okay, we're going to call him Gabriel, okay? So I matched with this guy, Gabriel, and we had a good old chat together. He was from, I'm not going to say the country, so I'll have to change it. He was Bulgarian (laughs) and was the first person outside of Ireland I'd ever spoken to that had actually been to my hometown in Ireland. So she's from a very small town in Ireland. Besides this in common, we really got on. I noticed a few days later that it said that he was over 200 kilometers away. I asked if he was away somewhere nice, and he responded to tell me that he was actually living in Amsterdam, and I had just been visiting London for the weekend. Nevertheless, we kept on chatting. This went on for weeks. At some point, I felt it was pointless to keep on chatting, as the chances of us meeting anytime soon were slim. I said this to him, and he suggested that we meet up. Extreme, but great. We decided to meet halfway. On the map, this seemed like Brussels would be a good meeting point, but he suggested Bruges. Mm, After the movie, this is so romantic already, as it might be a bit more interesting. So we did it. I booked my Eurostar to Brussels and on to Bruges. He booked his train from the dam. Due to his train probably costing less, he took responsibility for the accommodation, Woo! You haven't even met and you looked after the... He was looking after the... I I know why he was looking after accommodation, Una, because he was looking for a bit of... Who's your father? Anyway, so he looks after the accommodation. The weekend arrived. I was all excited up until the day before when I thought that this was maybe a very unsafe thing to do. Yeah. We hadn't even talked on the phone. We had only ever messaged. So I contacted a friend of mine that lived in Brussels, just in case things went tits up. Another stranger, but at least a recommended one. So she, so you knew a friend of a friend in Brussels to kind of look out for you. My God, this is a scary situation. I made it to Bruges train station, and there he was, blonde, sweet-looking, with pink socks. <whistles> we had some Belgian beers by the river, walked up to the tower to view the city. We crossed bridges and discovered we were both reading the same book. All was wonderful. That night, he took me for dinner to a Michelin-starred restaurant, and the next day, we borrowed bikes from the Airbnb, and we cycled to the beach and had breakfast. All in all, it was an amazing weekend. We kept in touch after, but never met again. I think... Meeting again would have ruined what the weekend was. A once-in-a-lifetime experience. That was my first Tinder date. Wow! Holy shit! This guy is smooth! Turns up turns up in his, in his gorgeous blonde hair, evidently, and the pink socks is a nice little note there as well. And then you go for dinner in a Michelin-style restaurant. Let's not forget that he has looked after the, com- the, the, the accommodation. So you're obviously staying in the same place, and then you cycle to the breach and had breakfast. I think you've messed a pa- missed a paragraph in the story there, Una. Surely, breakfast accommodation looked after. Surely, after a Michelin-style restaurant, he must have got the hoo-ha, the ride... Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that because I've taken away from the romance of it. But it's probably a very romantic ride. Let's not call it ride because riding isn't romantic, is it? Riding's what we do to horses. Well, that sounds amazing, Una. So thank you so much for that that message. That's brilliant. Um, maybe, maybe we should hook Una and Griselda up to see if maybe Una can play Griselda's Tinder and help her to find some kind of a gorgeous. Bulgarian-looking blonde fella that will take you to the Michelin Star restaurant. Talk about hitting the jackpot. Unbelievable. So, there you go. Thank you very much. If you've got any more messages, any other dating stories that you want to send in, you can email hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to all the patrons. And I'm delighted that you enjoyed the episode that I did on Hello Steve-O Plus last Friday for you, where I did a bit of reviewing of Jar- Jaron Lanier's book on uh, called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Account right now. 
So I'm glad you enjoyed that. And we'll be having an extra special episode for you on Hello Steve-O Plus this coming weekend because I'm going to be away. I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be in a different place. So you're going to get a special podcast from that place. So thank you for supporting me. And um, I'll oh, thank you to the new patrons as well of the show, of which I am so delighted that um, you guys have gotten on board as well. Um, I got a lovely message from somebody during the week who, basically, if you're wondering about Patreon, is you can support me by buying me a coffee a month. Click on the link in the description to this podcast and you can find out how to do that. But I got the loveliest message um, there from, I'm trying to find the bloody... Oh, here it is. I got a lovely message from Claire during the week who bought me a coffee and a cake on Patreon. So she's supporting me. Um, and... Uh, she said, I'd been meaning to sign up for ages. So thank you for signing up, uh, Claire. But, um, yeah, if you've been thinking of signing up for ages, do it. Click on the link. Click on the link and buy me a coffee as an independent artist. I'm starving over here. No, but I genuinely thank you so much. And I'm delighted to make the extra podcast and videos for you guys. And Claire, who said that she was... Um, uh, was meaning to sign up for ages. She was great crack. She went through and watched all the videos and listened to all the extra podcasts as well. And uh, she's been enjoying them. So I genuinely thank you so much for your support. It really means a lot to me. If you can't support me by buying me a coffee a month, do get onto Apple Podcasts. Give this a five-star rating if that's where you listen to it. Or if you're on Spotify, take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tell other people about it, bump me up the charts. It always helps me a little bit. Thank you so much for your support. Now, on today's show is the hilarious Julie J comedian. I've known Julie years. She's kind of one of the first comedians that I really made friends with when I first moved back to Ireland on the comedy circuit. And uh, she's been fantastic. She's a really talented comedian. She was on tour with Tommy Tiernan last year. She was the opening act. She's open for people like Ardell O'Hanlon as well, as well as Des Bishop. And um, she's a fantastic comedian. But this is a brilliant conversation where we get to talk about pregnancy about having a baby about trying for a baby about what it's like to have a baby inside kicking you about the hormones and about i mean it's it's so much the stuff that i've been through as the partner in a relationship but it's so much stuff that you don't get to hear from a genuinely funny comedian about it's it's a fantastic episode and a fantastic conversation so you're in for a real treat you can follow her on instagram at julie j comedy Give it up for the wonderful Julie J. Yay! <laughs> Can I just... I did want to start off by saying this, Julie. You posted today on Instagram, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart that I, I, I question sometimes, is there a sexier thing in the world than a pregnant woman? Well, just, Stephen, you know just how to start your podcast, uh, honestly. honestly. <laughs> I, well, listen, do you know what? I was going to put it up as a piss take because everyone's doing the Dove Spawn Con at the moment. Yes, so I was going to yeah. pretend that I was part of that movement. But sure, look, I mean, obviously, you know, it was a case of Cellulite City, etc. But, you know, when you just have a moment, you're like... I love the bump. I'm going to throw off yes. the bump. Like, it's yes. amazing. Abs- it's beautiful. You, I, I, you I'm see not- the visual and you just think, that's insane. Like, there's a fully grown, well, not fully grown, but there's an yeah. actual human in there. It's beautiful. And the and the, and the mother, the be- like, when, when they say they're glowing, it's just, it kind of doesn't do it. Because honestly, I think it's it's the most beautiful thing. I got, I got to... Um, and I do mean that and sexy as well. I got to be around it for nine months as well. Like it is a it is a great thing, you know. I love it. Anyway. I, I love like- that you're I love that you're a girl dad and that's your attitude. You're such a good girl dad, Stephen. A girl I love dad. It. How yeah. do you mean? Just as in that's such a lovely positive statement to open a podcast with. And it's just what a woman wants to hear. So I th- love that you're a girl dad. That's so do, cute. Do you do you think what do you think it's a negative sometimes do you think that people see it as if because i suppose i only know my own point of view um <laughs> but did you feel t- sometimes that because i remember times when my other half was you know as you grow bigger and this constant thing in your head of like oh my god i'm fat and blah blah, blah and all this but yeah i'm just going you're you're amazing <laughs> well it is you definitely do have moments where you don't feel in control of your own body like you mm. know it does feel like even yesterday when i went for my walk i'm definitely slowing down a lot more now uh-huh. so i'm yeah, not yeah. able to do as much 
Um, but I mean, overall, it's just amazing. And I think, you see, I'm such an erotic person that I never uh-huh. actually believed I was going to get pregnant. As <laughs> we were trying for a while, like yeah. with my partner now, who you know, Fred, of course, yeah. he's a comedian as well. Like I was laughing because we were living in Mead. We were trying to get pregnant with mm. to no avail. And then we moved down to Kerry it and was got pregnant straight away. So all we all we had to do, if you're trying for a baby out there and you're living <laughs> in Meath, you just need to move beyond the county bounds. That's Absolutely. all you have to do. Well, just or maybe it's moved to Kerry, where there's you know fungi swimming in the sea, good swimmers. That's what you need. Oh yeah. Well, do you know what? I actually because Fred went out um, to see fungi at the weekend, and he came back with all these conspiracy theories about how it's a different dolphin. So I'm, I I decided I'm going to raise this child alone because everyone knows you can't <laughs> you can't start saying it's a different dolphin. It's the same dolphin. Just to say that. Yeah. You're, oh, Jesus, I forgot. I've totally so. For the for the listeners who don't know, Julie is originally you're an original from the OG. famous beautiful town of dingle in kerry um where i was there years and years ago so there's people listening in the states well haven't got a clue and they're going to think we're making this up but this is true there is a dolphin in the bay of dingle who lives in the bay of dingle and it's kind of become a tourist attraction comes up to the boat kind and all of? that says hello. it's an entire industry one <laughs> dolphin is one dolphin is subsidizing an entire peninsula okay <laughs> we need that dolphin to stay alive and there has been a lot of a lot of talk of late you know that dolphins don't live that long because fungi has been with us since i think 1982 so fungi is, is older than me long? but it, he's not battery operated it is still the same dolphin he's a a miracle and really? that's that's, and my, that's I, I mean that's what I'm sticking to I keep saying if we're I touched him I coach, touched his back I remember that oh he loves getting to honestly he's yeah. a real people per, people dolphin this yeah. dolphin but I have been saying that you know obviously we're all looking for a cure and a vaccine for COVID-19 I think mm. we just need to talk to whatever fisherman is pumping fungi with whatever and keeping that's them true. alive like that's, that's the man point. we need to talk to absolutely get fungi secrets for COVID-19 did you guys go down there at the beginning of lockdown or you had just moved down before lockdown hadn't we, you yeah well we were, we went out at, well we said we'd come to Kerry for Christmas and I really wanted to move out of Mead so Fred is from Mead by the way mm. just a bit of a spoiler alert he's a Kells so man I, that's that's you, you two are from man. quite iconic towns in Ireland what a, couple, so? a power couple! A power couple. Have you been? Have you been to Kells, Stephen? No, it's we just call the- it iconic. Like- <laughs> between you me and the wall oh my god it's just horrendous i've driven Um, through it all right it is a shit hole it's just famous because of the book isn't it yeah driven through it is right haven't we all and like not stopped for petrol but uh no i mean he what was i banging on about oh yeah so we were coming to Kerry for christmas and then i said to fred you know what why don't we just give the notice in the house and pack up our stuff and go down for a bit of a holiday. So Fred was like, grand. And then we went to Kerry and he suddenly realised, uh, she has moved me to Kerry. Like, I have nowhere to go now. How did he not so, figure that out? <laughs> I don't know, but we do laugh about it now when I was like, yeah, let's go on our holidays. And sure, while we're at it, we'll just give our notice here, will we? And he was like, grand, that sounds totally normal. He must and have had a few we- pints on board. <laughs> Oh yeah, thank, thank. He's generally pickled, so it makes conversations yeah. very easy. And then, should we were supposed to move back to Dublin in March, and Ewala. pandemic happened, and now yeah. we're still here. So we cooked, we conceived a Kerry baby, mm-hmm. we have baked a Kerry baby, and we will now be birthing a Kerry baby. Yes, but you will be gas. birthing. It's gas how it all happened because obviously, like none of this was planned. Essentially, mm. like I can't believe we're still down here. Mm. Did you so what what hospital do you is it Tralee is the closest hospital or Tralee, yeah, Tralee General. Right, right okay. Shout wow. out to my homies. Yeah. <laughs> when um and when is the baby coming out? So the baby is supposed to come out the eighth of September. So five so not far away, yeah. yeah. Not far away, no. But he's moving all the time. So I mm. actually think I feel like he wants to make a grand entrance any moment now because it does really feel like he's he's rolling the whole yes. time. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's an intro. I, I do remember that uh, the the moving around and what is that? What is that like? Because here's the difference between the male and the female. Obviously, uh, the men can't have the babies, but over the course of the pregnancy, 
The man doesn't really understand this on any physical or emotional level quite just yet until it comes out. Whereas the woman has gone through, is going through the whole process every day of something growing inside of them. We just don't understand until this baby comes along. What was it? What, what is that like? Well, it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, I kind of feel bad for the men that they mm. don't have that experience. Like I know Fred, he loves to feel the kicks and the movement and he yes. is completely freaked out like when you're you know when your stomach is literally moving yes. because there's a human in there yeah but i mean it's so it's so amazing now in saying that i was feeling personally victimized for a long time because <sighs> there were a lot of thumps in the ribs happening so i was right. waking up in the middle of the night quite winded right um so it did feel like i was being trolled from within like for, for a while there yeah, yeah um but it is it is so bad but i do feel bad especially at the moment for the men because obviously physiologically speaking they're always a little bit excluded from the mm. whole thing but now of course like i mean poor fred hasn't been into any of the scans or you of know course, any of that yes yes yeah so it's kind of you're kind of a bit divorced from it which mm. is a shame yeah, because in general, I find the men a little bit divorced in general before you weren't allowed into the hospitals. But even through the scans and all that, certainly my experience of it was like they and as is absolutely right, the doctors and the nurses or the scanning woman, like they're completely looking after the patient. Okay. So okay, they can't. You're com- completely irrelevant. You're constantly having to stick your head into kind of go. So everything okay? Or just even to okay. recognize that you're there. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but then um which is absolutely right obviously they have they're looking after their patient number one but um uh, but then yeah I found things like even breastfeeding was such an amazing thing to be able to do that a man is never going to understand the intimacy it's, it's of the same. bond with the mother. Yeah, well, I did say to Fred, because it's funny, we're having a little boy. Mm. And I was saying to him, now, first of all, Fred is obsessed with breastfeeding. And I'll be honest with you, I don't <laughs> think it's normal. So he keeps asking he keeps asking me, when's the milk starting? And I'm like, okay, just to, just to remind you, no milk for you. Okay, milk for baby. Milk for baby. So, yeah, mad for milk. But I do. I was saying to him, and he's going to be kind of funny. So I'm going to have this mini man here sucking on my tit. Yes. And he's going to be making eye contact across yes. the room with Fred. Yeah. And Fred will be like, "But they used to be my breasts." I know. Like, the, it's the just, jealousy. It's going to be really strange. It's it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's like leave some for me. Get off. Do you know? It's like yeah. There's a jealousy starts there. It is there. funny though. Mm. because the i mean the function of the breast it, it's so interesting how obviously they're so sexualized yes. and like there's i i imagine i'm not a straight man but i'd imagine you know they're kind of integral to the whole thing mm. and then suddenly they become like their function mm. is to feed and it's very primal and it's mm. just the complete opposite end of the spectrum i know but i know it, it just must be so odd I know it's hard to compute. It's hard to, uh, yeah, it definitely messes with the wires in, in a man's brain. Already. Because in any other situation, if a man, no matter what his size is, was sucking on your missus's tit, yes. you'd be getting a bit annoyed. But in oh, this absolutely. instance, you have to be like, isn't it beautiful? Like, yes. you have yeah. to be that guy. Yeah, I know. I know. It's very difficult. So tell us about, so uh, so it's a, basically a, a Christmas uh, Christmas holiday conception. It was actually no like on women's Christmas no, when oh, we conceived wow. the baby. Yeah, I know. I still have the text from Fred to pop down to the room. It was the middle <laughs> of the afternoon. He was about to go off to a gig. And right. sure, no, like, come on. I shouldn't have been doing any work, Stephen, that day. But I said, look, I'll make an exception. He's off on the road. Yeah. And uh, give him something to remember me by. Exactly. Women's yeah. Christmas, by the way, traditionally in Ireland, it was like this Christmas that, a mini Christmas. Is it the 7th or the 8th of January? I forget. I thought it was the 6th, but no. Was it the 6th, maybe? But traditionally, it was like the day that the women actually had off because obviously yes. Christmas Day, they would have been working the whole day. So it was it was a traditional day off. Mm. But it wasn't a day off for me. And it's just as well because here we are now. <laughs> expecting <laughs> absolutely do you know because like obviously with with our um our daughter and um, and our um but when we got pregnant it was a complete surprise it wasn't planned you guys yeah. were trying that, that that's a different thing but i'll never forget going down uh we were going we were on the escalator on the tube in camden i think and i remember going down and my girlfriend looking around at me and she said do i look like a mother and i was like huh what, what does that mean what is it what 
you know, just completely freaked out. But knowing that there was a different look in her eye and kind of half knowing, oh, shit, she's pregnant. And then obviously yeah. a couple of did it. Do you, do you know that, you know, after that afternoon that that is it or... Like, did I feel pregnant? Yeah, I know. I suppose, yeah. Or do you know that something's different, or does it? Is there a, is there a feeling that you kind of? I think. Well, I think that I don't know. I don't know if I felt pregnant. I think because we were trying, I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I know when I took the test and like I had the faintest blue line because obviously I was testing so early because I just yeah. wanted to know. So it was right. the faintest little line. That then when I saw that I was pregnant, I just went into like instant protective mode and right. was just, yeah, I really did. I just wanted to mind myself so badly because I, I was just so anxious about the first few weeks. Yes. Um, and I didn't even want to tell Fred because I was like, if anything happens now, he'll be so disappointed. But then I had to tell him, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, course. We're all adults here. I have to tell him. <laughs> And I, I think it was because I came home and the dishwasher hadn't been unloaded. And I said, I should not be unloading a dishwasher. And he was like, on what basis? And then I oh. said, okay, well, now I'll have to, okay. I'll have to just divulge. But I definitely went into protective mode and just right. wanted to really mind myself and the tiny little blue line. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. And what, and so what was the... So you guys were trying for a while. I mean, it kind of turned out, okay, not for having to go to the hospital, but timing actually turned out to be quite nice. It's not it's not a bad yeah. way to do your lockdown, is it? Grow a baby. No, I've said that. And I know, like, there has been... You know, there's been this huge worldwide baby boom, obviously. People yeah, getting pregnant during true. the lockdown. Mm. But I think that... Uh, like for ultimately for us I mean our work no more than you Stephen sure our mm. work was cancelled mm. and you know was cancelled for the foreseeable Fred now is back gigging actually funny enough the week the baby is due Fred has a couple of gigs booked in so we'll see how that goes <laughs> he's done nothing but for, for months. I know worst timing ever but anyway but it's actually been a really nice time because of course then the pubs have been closed the festivals yeah. haven't been happening yeah. so there has been zero FOMO like yeah. absolutely none so it's actually kind of been ideal. And then we've got to spend so much time together as well, yes. which has just yeah. been so lovely. Yeah, and you're down around your family as well. Yeah, so that is nice. Even though, because my mom and dad, my mom and dad actually live, they would generally kind of be up and down a lot. But then dad, he hasn't, he actually hasn't been that well the last right. few months. So he's been up in, he has to be up kind of near Dublin. To uh-huh. be in and out of the hospital, so that's been really hard. Yes, okay, uh, okay. I think like a lot of people, you know, when you're separated from members of your family. So I mm. mean that that's been tough. But I think other than that, mm. it's actually been it hasn't been too bad. Like obviously there are moments when you feel like you're losing your mind and you have a complete existential crisis about yes. your non-existent comedy career. But everyone's been having those. Yes, and and um, also like your your hormones do play a massive. You're gr- literally growing something inside you growing yeah. a life inside of you so of course there are moments that the, that the hormones will fire all over the place and then uh, you can pay for it in, in various different ways uh has there been some blow-ups of emotion or oh there... yeah there yeah. has well of you course. see I, now i'm a very i like i am a very emotional person anyway like i'm very much harsh on my sleeve like even when it comes to my comedy it's yeah. like there's no I probably I probably give too much away about myself to be honest. I have no <laughs> poker face, absolutely yeah. none. But there definitely has been oh there's been a lot of emotions and also I think I definitely have been like hypersensitive to stuff. Like so right. my emotional reactions to whether it is, you know, not getting a job or not getting some kind of an opportunity that's been mm-hmm. happening or if it's like a perceived rejection on social media like I, I feel within myself, I've definitely been like way more emotional than even I would be usually. <laughs> yeah. And what about any weird cravings or anything like that? Because my girlfriend, for example, is like mad into her healthy food and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, And then she's when she got pregnant, chips, mad for chips. Really? Mad for chi- fried oh. food and chips. Do you know what? I probably was. I, I'd say, well, I had to laugh because I uh, was asked that. I did the Mario Rosenstock show. Right. And he was like, any cravings? And I was like, no. And then I was just after having a pickle, marmalade and cheese sandwich. So I was like, surely <laughs> that's a bit odd, Judy. But I didn't even think of that. I was like, nothing strange, Mario. Just some bagels, stuff like that. But actually, because I had the gestational diabetes. 
So I What's have that zero crack at the moment. <laughs> what does that mean? Just oh, it's complete bullshit. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's not. It's not bullshit. But I I blame it on the fact that I had I was quite constipated for a weekend, and pregnant women everywhere will empathise with this. I was quite constipated, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to drink a liter of prune juice. And then I went into my appointment and they were like, your glucose is off the charts. And I was trying to explain, I was trying to explain to anyone who'd listen, I really think this is just because I've had a litre of prune juice. You know, the way fruit juice is so sweet. Of I was course, like, yeah, I really sugar, think yeah. this is what it is. So then they were like, no, I think you could have gestational diabetes. So I was like, no. So then basically they brought me in the next week and I was just on the cusp and uh, so i now have to monitor everything i eat so i essentially really? obviously can't have fruit right. can't have anything sweet um and the carbohydrates sure i can't have because carbohydrates are sugar really yeah. aren't they so really? i have to, i mean oh hardly any carbohydrates oh my god so you're on like a keto diet of like high fats and veggies I, and i'm actually kind of losing weight and i'm wow. pregnant and it, you know what it's gas because people are so funny then they tell you they're like oh, i think you're losing weight and you just say to yourself <laughs> how fucked up is society that people are <laughs> applauding yeah, you, know. <laughs> you as a pregnant woman for like you're like can't i just be fat and happy when i'm yeah. cooking human like really yeah, yeah. Um, but that has been a bit of a pain in the hole actually I'm sure. but the main thing is hopefully you know i will you know hopefully everything's okay with the baby and all that i mean that's the priority once the baby's healthy but it is yeah it is a bit of a pain in the arse does, does, that, yes. mean, does that mean that will go when you when you have the baby or yeah apparently right. like the, the body is just insane apparently once the placenta is out of you right you you're like as in it's all back to normal it's just mm something to do with the placenta and the hormones and all that right. so have you ever seen you did you see a placenta that I time? did yeah 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 I am um, I'll never forget it because what happened was um we I we went uh so my daughter came out and then because this is in Portugal so the communication wasn't great and so they just kind of whipped the <laughs> baby you were even more excluded you poor I know, bastard this is so bad <laughs> I'll never I'll never forget there was a fucking power cut in the hospital and nobody came in to say anything I'm like eh you know and they're like Ugh. and then I'll never forget the woman came to brought my girlfriend into the delivery room to you know pull the trolley out and the stink of cigarettes off them literally, they must have just what? literally like st- stubbed one out and walked in said come on we'll bring this one down like, that is so sake. European, isn't it? Oh my god, it was awful. But um but yeah, I remember when my daughter was born and then I got like they just kind of waved at me, come on into the next room and um then they kind of like we put the clothes on my daughter, I was holding her and then like I was just left there and I was like, I suppose I'll go back and see how mammy is and went back in and it just everything was there and the placenta was I didn't even it didn't even click with me that that was placenta. I just remember going to the doctor, is that is, is she okay? Is that right? You know, just Isn't it the, isn't it the grossest thing you've ever seen in your whole life? We were watching we've done Oh you had to watch it hypno- all, yes, yeah, yeah. We did this hypnobirthing course and right. like they showed So you're gonna do it in a, in a pool? Well, I thought, well, first of all, Fred was all about doing it in an LP pool because, quote, he's a qualified lifeguard. So he thought this would be, <laughs> makes so much sense. But you see what he doesn't understand I would never is, trust a lifeguard from Meath. What would they I know? know. <laughs> Hell swimming pool. Like, come on. No, thank you. But uh, you see, because it's not like regular water in a paddling pool. Like, it's going to be gross. Obviously, mm. it's going to be full of blood. Full of like shit, basically, because that's coming out of your body. So I think it's like, who knows? It's supposed to be a very big baby. So you can do like a land hypnobirthing, which just means you just basically focus on your breathing and you're kind of trying to avoid drugs and all that. But like, I know myself, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. I'll see how we go. I'd love to do it minus the drugs. Yeah. But it, that doesn't work out for everyone either. But no, I was so shocked not. when I saw the placenta. It was the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like <laughs> a big black jellyfish. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. It's huge. I can't remember what the figures are and the weight of it, but like, you're, that's, it's a lot of weight that you're carrying around with the placenta, let alone the baby. It's honestly, I actually nearly got sick when I saw it. I, I don't know how I've never seen one in my whole life, but that is not what I expected. I remember we were on one of the antenatal classes and Ian, 
Enesh, they're passing around a photo of what placenta looks like so everyone can see. And uh, Enesh was eating a little snack. <laughs> and oh, I get through, and, and, I, and I'm trying to I'm trying to like be nice and involved and you know there's pregnant women all around you so you're sensitive to what everyone else is going through and Enes gets the picture and just barely looks at it and just shoves it straight over to me and I was like Enes take a look she goes that is fucking disgusting and it I'm is like, disgusting she calm down she's like I'm trying to eat here she says out loud <laughs> <laughs> that is um, so but she was right nobody need, I feel like nobody needs to see a placenta and they're like yeah, honestly yeah. <laughs> I mean it and is amazing people Some are of the like, things- it's amazing it's life giving look at that a little life force you're like yeah. it is like something out of <laughs> like it's like something out of alien it yeah, really yeah is. it is it really is but the, the crazy the hospital that we were in in London which we didn't end up having the child there King's Hospital they were amazing because they actually use placenta to regenerate pe- people's eyeballs and stuff like that and help with sight and they can do all because wow. it's so full of great stuff but yeah it's not a, it's just not a great look at all <laughs> no um, it's horrible do you feel pressure with the giving birth thing to have to go uh, and look at the more shall we say holistic or naturopathic way of doing things oh yeah Really? There's a lot of that. And and yeah. you know one thing, now I really did enjoy um the hypnobirthing course and it was nice for myself and Fred to, to do together. And actually because I was, I think in my second trimester, I was going through a lot of emotions and mm-hmm. kind of, I was feeling particularly, I think I was feeling particularly isolated even from work, like from comedy and yes. different different things that I, I, I think part of it maybe is because we're down here as well, even though yeah. it doesn't matter where you are essentially at mm. the moment. But I was feeling very isolated from work and just like uh, stressed so it was a nice course to do because there's so much focus on meditation and stuff but then the last class which I didn't like they showed two videos so the first video and of course it's all American video footage because this is so relatively new over here in Ireland but the last video was they showed two births so one was medicated and one wasn't so the non-medicated birth the baby came out and the baby was really alert and like started feeding uh, off the breast straight away and all that and then they showed the non so then they showed the medicated birth where the woman had had an epidural and the baby was like actually strung out on the (laughs) the like anybody for a hostel like that kind of buzz the baby was proper strung out and they were saying you know yeah they were saying oh like you know Basically, you know, then the it, the blue writing comes up and says this baby did not find the breast that day or something like really right, yeah, dramatic. Yeah, something really negative. Yeah, yeah. And then I said to Fred after, I was like, I hate that because I will have that image in my head. And ultimately, if you were going to get a tooth removed, would yeah. you would you avail of the drugs? Like, of course yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and also. also the baby just ate later on that day or the next day. Yes, exactly. It was just like that day. Like, it, that doesn't mean that every baby is going to carry on like that. You know, there could have been loads of other factors, like with that baby that got the epidural. Maybe the mother was on heroin. You know, we don't actually know. Do you know? Oh, well, I doubt it because she was a hypnobirther. So probably oh, right. not. So, so hypnobirther with the epidural, generally right? Generally with the hypnobirthing. I'm not, I'm not, Turn on you know, her- I'm, I'm sh- <laughs> well, I mean, there probably are some, but I do feel it's, it, it's funny, like based on what we watched <laughs> with the American videos, <laughs> it was all these very well-intentioned, like kind of holistic kind of yeah. families going for, going for the hypnobirthing. But I don't know. I mean, I just kind of feel there shouldn't be judgment as such. And if you want no. to get an epidural, yeah. and there is a bit of competition you know people telling you that they didn't get an epidural and they're they're kind of shouting it from the rooftops yeah and are you breastfeeding or you're not breastfeeding it's it's a a very odd thing yeah yeah it's very very competitive but i mean i think i have a very low pain threshold so i'll probably be veiling of the epidural i'm sure my girlfriend's very funny because she's so holistic and naturopathic and all that stuff. And then you beforehand, even you ask her, would you get the epidural? She's like, of course I am. I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, and, did, and did she get it? Yeah, of course she did. Yeah, well, yeah. See, this is what I mean. I don't understand <laughs> what I don't understand where the judgment is, because yeah. it is like it is like that. If you were going to get a tooth removed, yeah. why would you not avail of a pain relief? Because her mother was like had three kids without it. And her mother is like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal, but like, why wouldn't you get it? Like, it's like her mother was. There's no judgment yeah. for her. Like, yeah, get it, of course, get it. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, there shouldn't be any judgment. And uh, for me, the, the way the whole thing 
unfolds is it's going to be individual to each person anyway so you don't know what way it's going to unfold yeah, it's going to be uniquely different to you and you don't know what's going to happen so mm. i feel yeah i i would like i would like to do it all natural but i probably will not be doing it that way yeah yeah so you were so how is the how has it been dealing with thinking about becoming a mother versus being a comedian versus being uh your uh, other any other work that you do as well is this like a big oh i don't know what i'm going to do or are you just rolling with it well i think i i didn't like i definitely feel i think since i found out i was pregnant it's kind of made me more determined to succeed Right. So I, you know, I had all these, I had the tour booked in and all these gigs booked in and I was determined to do them, even though I was going to be very, very pregnant for a few of them. And then obviously they, they got cancelled with the, with the pandemic. But I feel in a way it's, it's kind of something that I want to prove to myself and maybe other people that I mm. still want to be able to do it and I want to be able to do it well. Like a lot of people have just presumed I'm going to be taking a break from comedy. Mm. And I, I I actually don't think I will. Like I had said originally I might take like three or four weeks off. Mm. But I feel for myself, I still have so much I want to do. Yeah. But it is obviously you have to factor in like logistics and all that kind of thing. So myself and Fred were saying, look, obviously when he's gigging, hopefully I'll mind the baby he and vice versa that we can work yeah. it that way. But I, you know, yeah. I'm not under any illusions. I'm sure that is going to be hard. Mm. But I would be so. But also, there's, there's 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 not that much out there, for example, to kind of go, yeah, what is it? Because you're you're a bit of a how would you say a bit of a trailblazer in that. Because there's nobody I know, I could be wrong, could be wrong, so sorry if I'm wrong, but I don't, there's no, certainly no one around our circles at the moment is going through that, a comedy career or a career on the road having a kid as well. Or. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess say like the likes of like Laura and Emma would be mommies, but their kids are True. a bit older. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. suppose when it's a baby... It's you know it's probably maybe I is it that is it a bit harder when it's a baby I don't know. Well, but that's it. You're going to be the one that's going to report on all this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know that's why I started the pregnant pause and stuff while I was pregnant, mm. and I started writing more, and um, which generally worked out well. But once it did get me into trouble, and did it? it was tell really us, tell just. Us. <laughs> To tell the listeners first all about oh, your pregnant no. pause, it's a love do. It's oh, very, it's lovely. Oh, well, the pregnant pause is just a pregnancy diary that I started, but it's funny because it's not necessarily comedy like all the time. So I probably, you know, I've taken Ernest Hemingway's quote about writing. You know the way he said, you know, writing is easy. All you have to do is sit at a typewriter and bleed. Yeah. I have been <laughs> bleeding. I have been bleeding <laughs> all over my Instagram page. Yeah. But a few months now but no so that's been going really well and that's been really nice but you see that's it that I kind of was like not that I wanted to commodify the pregnancy but I was just really eager to keep the comedy going and I said how can I and that's why sure I'd be sending the emails to people asking if I can do x y and z on their show to talk about being pregnant and obviously I know I am not the first woman in the world to get pregnant (laughs) but it's just you're always looking for something that can keep you a bit relevant but you are in a unique position in that as well, like a a, a, a traveling comedian, a traveling entertainer, essentially, who is going through the pregnancy at the same time. OK, well, it's been paused now, but, you know, because, you know, that is you don't hear that a comedian pregnant on the road. It's, it is a completely unique position. Well, and you know what? Part of me was a bit disappointed because I would have loved to have done some of the gigs yes. heavily pregnant. You While know? the baby's kicking or something. Yeah, and just because I have so much material now on being pregnant, a part of me is sad that I didn't get that opportunity. But mm. then at the same time, I've been blessed because, as you know, with your partner having been pregnant and had a baby, like you do get tired, and especially the evening time, you'd be very tired. So mm. it ha- it actually has kind of saved me from traveling around the country, mm. which would have would have been difficult, I yes. think, the last yeah. few weeks, especially. Yeah, you're the Irish Ali Wong. Oh, do you know what? I would have loved to have done an Ali Wong on it. That was my that was dream. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you would have, I really I mean, would have loved it. I mean, if everything went ahead this summer, like Vodafone last weekend would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Oh, do you know what? Walking, I, on, I, walking then, on the big stage with a big bump. Oh, it been brilliant. If, if, if I'd gotten a gig, I, always, I live in this world where I'm like... Oh, I, I, because I, even I remember saying that to Tommy last year when I was supporting him. And I was like, oh, do you know, will I get Vodafone this year? And he's like, what? Like, as in, <laughs> he, because, but you know, he exists in a different orbit. So yes. he's never had to consider 
will I get this festival? Yeah. And I said to him, I was like, oh, I'm always a bit nervous. Like, am I going to get it? But I did say that to Fred. I was like, how amazing would that be to rock up with your huge bump? Oh, yeah. But, and, you know, obviously. In a pair of this, heels. Woo! Oh, that would have been well, amazing. Do you know what we have done the heels, Stephen? I don't know. To Sorry. Be <laughs> I'd say I more like head. I'd say more like a pair of Skechers, mammy <laughs> shoes, and a pair of but black leggings. No, he- would have been heels, my look. He- Heels for the stage anyway, just because you're pregnant, just to kind of accentuate just the whole thing. Accentuate and as soon as you get thing. off the, as soon as you get off side stage, it's like, boom, get those Uggs out. <laughs> and say to Tommy, will you take my heels off for me, if you don't mind? I can't but, reach down there. Yeah, but he's like, but I'm going on. Tommy, do what a pregnant Come woman on, says. Priorities. <laughs> um, so how are you feeling about the whole comedy thing? I mean, it's it's crazy times, but you've been oh, doing your pregnant pause, do you know, you're doing your I podcasting. Think- yeah, the pot now the podcasts have keep kept me sane, but then and we were talking before we started about the podcasting. Now mm. podcasting, I, I know by the way, I'm gonna say this, and there are people who are working down the mines or like, you know, <laughs> essential yeah. workers working <laughs> yeah. in A E's. But it there is more work than you would think with the podcasting. So so I do find now that I have like say Crimeland, which is my true crime one, takes me yes. a bit of time because I have to I have to write up the stories. There's a lot more week. preparation so in that one, yes. It, it's about six or seven pages you'd be writing every yeah. week. So that has been good for keeping me busy. But I definitely have had moments, if I'm honest, where I've really been shitting out about the comedy. And specifically because I feel now comedy is completely centralized on social media. And I I don't think social media comes naturally to me as it mm. as naturally to me as it does to some other comics mm. who for a long, long time have been killing it on social media. And for me it just it doesn't it doesn't seem to click as much. I don't know what it is. Um, and pun. maybe yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know. But you see, as well, because with my style of comedy, I am a very neurotic person. Mm. And I'm you know, I'm very much like this is kind of you know, like I suppose emotionally speaking, I'm very hard on my sleeve. And maybe for social media, you need a bit more of a poker face. I, I certainly, um, I, I completely get what you get because I would say you're very good at social uh, media and uh, like even, I remember your video sitting in the car, they were gas little kind of like... Uh, some of the, some of the videos are good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, and then the sketch stuff is great as well. But I think, I, I've definitely struggled with it as well and I've taken a, I've taken a step back a little bit from because... I think you're right. I think it's like you nearly have to create this social media character, don't you? A persona. And yeah, I do persona, find that exactly. hard. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think especially because the gigs aren't happening. And I know Fred has a few gigs booked in, but it's just who knows when it's going to go back to mm. what it was that I feel social media is probably becoming an increasingly toxic competitive place in a way, yeah. even though it is a nece- it's a necessary evil oh, great for point. what we're doing. Mm. But if you're at the moment, it's the only metric for yes. our, for my career. I would feel it's the only metric at the moment for my career. So yes. if I'm putting something up and it's not, I mean, it's so juvenile, but like if it's not getting likes or, you know, it's not, it's not mm. getting the response that I want. It's, it's hard not to kind of catastrophize it because you've nothing else going on. Like it's mm. just the social at the mm, moment yeah yeah i i i, I my, my listeners are going to be sick of me saying this by th- at this stage but i did a whole piece on it for my patrons there last week but i've just read this book i'm showing julie the lovely cover on it now it's called 10 re 10 arguments to delete your social media account right now by oh, jaron wow. lanier but it's a it's a, an interesting read because it also he does make the point at the end of the book to say i'm not saying you delete them forever However, consider these arguments as to um, why you should and get to know yourself a little bit better. And actually, it's probably the perfect time to, um, to you know, during lockdown to do because exactly what you're saying, it does get toxic. It does yeah. get competitive. And like argument one is like you're losing your free will. Um, argument three, social media is turning you into an asshole. And argument number six, social media is destroying your capacity for empathy. And all these things are, we know that. We, we, all yeah. these things are completely true. But he explains it in a really actually holistic and positive way because he is actually an optimist. Uh, and and he's, a social, he's a computer scientist and philosopher. And he does, when he, you break it down and you read it, you kind of look at yourself and go, oh, I look at myself certainly and go, fucking hell, I am a troller as well because there's a troll in all of us and there's a you know uh, all well, there is. The yeah 
And I like, I mean, I think, I mean, I, would you say you enjoy social media? This is no. the question. No. no. And anyone I've asked that question to has said no, like an emphatic yeah. no. So yeah. you do wonder what are we all doing? Like I, I've never asked somebody that question and they said, yes. Yeah, I do enjoy like they might qualify the no by saying, oh, but it is handy to keep in contact with people or some bullshit. Yeah, but you don't enjoy it. Is what you're saying. And we're also not keeping it like again, destroying your your capacity for empathy. It's not about like social media is such a a misleading terminology even because it's not about being social, is it? No, you you lose your case because it's it's all about attention. So you're even talking about it. There's like we want to get the likes. We want to get the views. So we're in that trap. And and that's the thing. Like I do feel with comedy that like I because I deleted. I actually got a bit upset by social media, say even last week. Now, I was very upset by something that happened like a month ago on social mm-hmm. media. And then I was upset by another thing that happened on Twitter back in January when I was very early stages pregnancy. So I do think right, maybe there yeah. was an element of <laughs> I was a little bit preco cray cray when it came to these things. Which is what? completely natural and has to be, but there has to be empathy towards that. Well, I don't know. I think you, I think I've probably, I think people are all empathied out with me at this stage, Stephen. To be <laughs> honest, I wouldn't blame them, but I do think it's unfortunately it's a necessary part of our job. But I deleted everything, including WhatsApp, off my phone for like six days, and honestly, I was so happy. I just there felt lighter. Wow. Because it's not that pressure of, I mean, sure, I even, even if you, this is ridiculous, but I think even it amplifies paranoia. Like even somebody I Absolute, messaged and they didn't does, get yeah. back. And I think, oh my God, do they hate me? Did I put up something? Do they, you know, it, exactly. it of really course. Of course. feeds into that part of your psyche, which is mm. just so negative. So if, if I gave up comedy in the morning, the one plus would be at least I can come off social media. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like uh, obviously there's those there's the comedians out there like a James A. Caster and a Daniel Kitson that seem to have been able to build careers and explicitly be like off it, not not on it at all. And I feel bad because like I I've, I've talked to the, the listeners about this as well on the podcast and kind of said I feel bad because I, like I want to have that connection with you and I feel I do connect with people a lot more by doing this by having conversation yeah. by talking and a podcast allows you to do that. But then what's my way of promoting the podcast? podcast well i have to go i go to social media because that's where you all are so yeah. i have to kind of play that game and so it's it's a, it's an interesting battle absolutely it is but, it's it's a toughie but i think a lot of people are finding it increasingly tough mm, yeah, yeah especially because of because of lockdown how do you i mean i haven't even thought about it in terms of my daughter um but uh we've kept her completely off all the medias Which no I pictures love. no videos yeah. People don't know her name, all that kind of stuff, because I respect uh, for me, it's about respecting her privacy. Let her choose mm-hmm. when she can choose. But um, and I look, other people don't choose not to do that. And that's like I'm not ju- judging that at all. But for me personally, I was like, I don't like my baby album being out all over the place. You know what mm. I mean? My parents have that in a folder on, on yeah. a shelf and people will see it when it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, know? I think I mean, I like I think for me. I'm definitely going to hold a bit back. Like I probably will put up an initial picture of the baby Mm. and stuff, but Mm. my plan would be to not kind of, you know, I don't want it to be like the Truman Jr.'s show where every moment of the baby's life is up there. So I think holding back a bit might be nice. I mean, even, you know, that's it that like, I think a lot of people do do that and people respect that as well. Mm. Um, But I think, I, I think you have, I mean, I don't want to say certain responsibility, but I certainly wouldn't want to overexpose the child. So I definitely yeah. want to like keep a bit back. And yeah. Fred would be completely allergic to all that as well. I mean, yeah. even Fred, when I'm like, I'll throw it up on the Instagram, he's like, oh, he hates yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and she you, got, you guys, to respect his opinion as well. Yeah, you, you, you guys strike a good balance because you do do some funny stuff together on social media, but you can see that it's like, okay, we're doing something funny for the social media. Do you know what I mean? No, but of... you know what? I feel it doesn't really work when we do stuff because it's too <laughs> contrived like he has his vision and i have mine and they never seem to when we do videos together it's actually really hard because it's only the two of us and we're there with the green screen and we're both getting annoyed (laughs) at one another and then that really just it doesn't come off with the videos that i feel but um no like we have planned to do more bits together but for the sake of our relationship 
we said, let's just put the green screen to one side and not do them for a while. But then I think some of them are very funny, to be honest. Oh, they are, because, absolutely. Because we're so kind of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of personality, like that, you know, does like he's just a general optimist and I'm pessimist numero uno. So like right. it's, you know, that kind of does come off well, I think. How is it going out with a comedian? How do you find, is, is that a big battle to kind of keep work stuff to one side and well, live your personal I life? Actually think, I think it's a nice thing because you always have somebody to kind of be a sound, bit of a sounding board uh-huh. and they have a great understanding, especially because Fred has been doing this so long. And mm. um, you know he's a great man for the advice, and he's a real water off a duck's back person. Like if he right. doesn't get something, he never mopes. Like I've never seen a mope, and he just says, "Look, I'll get the next thing," or you know, wasn't for me. That's fine. His his attitude is amazing. Uh-huh. So I think it's actually quite leveling for me then, because sure, I'm always you know going from A to Z. Like if I don't get something, I just completely catastrophize it whereas Fred is quite so chill uh-huh. that works really well but I mean in, in saying that we do have moments where if we have conversations and then it's like who owns the joke so if because we're always making <laughs> each other laugh every so day the competitive oh that's nice there is a bit of that but you even he did a radio thing the other day and we had this conversation and he said something and I was like I thought I had said that in the conversation <laughs> but he was adamant that he had said that and right. that happens all the time all yeah. the time yeah so that's probably the only drawback. Right. Um, because you're having, no more than if you were having conversations with your girlfriend, you know that, you know, your girlfriend isn't going to go off and swipe your material. No, she's Whereas, no interest in any of my material on any level She's not going to go off and do an open mic based no. on that conversation. Whereas yeah. Fred and myself, there is that kind of dibs thing. Like, who yeah. owns it? <laughs> yeah. You've got your own little notebooks at any time ready. That was me, time, date, It's, it's, it's whoever says it first, basically. And yeah. then they just have... I mean, but I do that because sometimes... I think there was... I had this joke about Notre Dame. Um, like, obviously, you know, I just had this joke about I was so nervous to... Well, I've ruined the joke now by saying it's about <laughs> Notre Dame. But Come I said on. I was so nervous about doing this gig for Tommy that, you know, I must have lit... I must have lit like 10 candles in Notre Dame at the Christmas and then, or at the Easter, whatever it was, I yeah, destroyed yeah. that joke. But it, whatever, wherever I said it, they were just like, no. And then Fred that night had actually said it because he forgot that it was my joke. Like he was like, I just, it came to me and I forgot it was your joke. So I just want to fess up that I used it tonight, but I'll never use it On again. stage? He used it on stage at a gig, but he oh. was very honest. And he said, I knew this, you know, sometimes when something is out of your mouth, you know, oh, heck, that wasn't actually my, that was somebody else's yes, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said to me, I said, how did you get on with him? He was like, it killed. Like, I got a pause. <laughs> People stood up at the back. Meanwhile, I had been there at the Sleeve Russell Hotel in Cavan and said this joke. And they were like, no, no, you bring no. on Tommy. This is wow. just not good enough. Interesting. So there you funny. go. Maybe that's just the difference in whatever the the voice of the persona on stage. Uh, it's different comedic personas. Yeah. They do say that it's about matching the persona with the material because sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work. Like I can't say certain things on stage because it doesn't match my persona. So it's just like you know I can't do a Frankie Boyle joke because everyone will go whoa whoa what happened there? We I thought he was can nice. Can any <laughs> of us do a Frankie Boyle? No, that's Boyle true. Joke. Exactly. Yeah. And we all we all have these Frankie Boyle thoughts. And if yes. you or I put it up, we'd be yeah. cancelled in the morning. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> but Frankie puts it up, and everyone's like, "Preach!" And by the way, I, you know, I'm obsessed with Frankie Boyle. So, like, that's not oh, that person right. Frankie. Oh, yeah, very obsessed. Right. There you are now. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure, um, uh, an absolute joy, Julie. I'm, I mean, I'm probably not going to see you before the uh, big event. How is the na- how are the how are the na- how are the name lists coming along? We've decided for ages what the name is, so I really, really hope it soon suits them because we're having a boy. Yes. So I re- I had it picked ages ago. Brilliant. Um, and Fred likes it, so I'm really hoping it suits him because there's like no number two. I just really want this name. What you mean? What you mean? What you mean? You hope it suits him because once you start, because I decided yeah. on what I wanted my daughter's name to be, and then I would just my, my girlfriend at first didn't like it, but then I would keep talking to the belly using that name, and all of a sudden it became her name. Well, this is it. I feel because we've talked to the belly using the same for the whole pregnancy, so the child would be very confused if it goes yeah. out, and I'm like, actually, I'm going to call it. you Tyke. 
<laughs> is yeah, that all yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, well, who's, so, who's tight? Yeah. So, yeah. So we're dead set on the name. So I think it's really cute. I can't, yeah, I can't well wait to tell the world. I can't wait to hear it. And um, I wish you all the best in the coming weeks. Do you want to shout so out your podcast as well have, that you have going on? I have on? two podcasts up to 90, which two is Two podcasts and a baby. Two podcasts and a baby. I know it's like this eighties rom com film yeah, yeah. I'm writing at the moment. Um, so I've uh, up to ninety with my comedy wife Emma Dorn, and then I have Crime Land, where I talk about true crime Brilliant. every week with my favorite funny people. It's great. Thanks, fun. Stephen. Thanks so much. I love this podcast, and you're such a lovely interviewer. Honestly, I'm, you're great. I'm delighted to have you on, and keep the keep the the sexy pictures coming. I'm sure that. Oh yeah, Woo! your Instagram on Julie J Comedy Ash- as well. Look, Instagram will probably block me now because they're too sexy. The pictures sexy I've thrown up these that's, days. That's the quote of the day. <laughs> I'll have to start an OnlyFans website. For oh yeah, them. yeah, yeah. This probably is a sure. Whatever works. <laughs> it probably exists, ladies and gentlemen. The wonderful Julie J. Thanks, Stephen. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.